I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode two of season three of Nerdy Show. Nerdy Show! 
Hi, I'm Hex. Triforce Mike. And I'm Cap. And uh, sadly, still fighting the lawnmower, lawnmower man. Lawnmower man. Lawnmower man. I think it might. He might be at Lawnmower Man too right now. Uh, yeah, but I I didn't see that one. I don't know how that went down. It, it, it's a lot. Like... Spoiler: Brian wins. <laughs> I can oh. hope. We'll see. We'll um. See. So as many of you may be uh, very excited to 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 listen in and know about it. Uh, for those that don't, this is the Tetris Rap Attack episode. For a while ago, we uh, started a, we announced a competition where people would make hip hop tracks. Uh, inspired by uh, songs from Tetris Attack, and yeah. then we would have rappers rap on them. Way back in our episode, Rare Game Retrospection, we launched our Rare Game Remix Challenges, and this is the first in what we hope to be uh, an ongoing uh, series of competitions uh, where seldom remixed tracks get remixed uh, because we give you incentive to remix them. And uh, this incentive was that um, with a special goal of making a hip-hop beat they have have a cool rapper such as Astronautilus rap over your track, and then we threw in some really snazzy runners up such as Mazarel from Crondor Crew and MC Cool Whip, um, second and third respectively. <laughs> um, and uh, it's been it's been great over the over the month deadline that we gave, a December, we got in a ton of tracks. Yeah, hundreds of tracks. There's so many tracks. A monstrous amount. And you can you can uh, check out all of those. At nerdyshow.com, you can listen to them. If you decide to rap over them, well, you can rap over them. Send them to us. We'll we'll think about playing. You got to you got to be good. You got to I mean, you got to you got to got standards. You got to dress to impress. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. you can't come in wearing a loincloth and expect to to be seated in a five star restaurant. <laughs> we got we got some some really great entries. We're going to be playing a few of our favorites without raps on them. Yeah, um, our our runners up. Yeah, runners up, if you will, to be played on Nerdy Show alone is a reward. Ha ha, for, fit for kings <laughs> and. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's sitting very close to the salt, is, is what it is. It, it, uh, uh, Mike, please, uh, you there's some anthropology, some history uh, going on here. Uh, you need yeah. to share. What does that mean? Uh, in, in in like the medieval times, uh-huh. in, the, in the dark ages, uh, salt was a very sought after item. Right, and so um, yes, white gold. Yes, exactly. Um, and royalty would sit closest to the salt so they would get to season their food first seasoning so so the farther away from the salt you were the lower in standing you were (laughs) buffoons so i'm saying we are our kings in america we have salt on all of our tables (laughs) yeah yeah so salt Well, actually, we one of the first tracks, one of the tracks that brought us in was one of the beats that was uh, submitted to us. Hex, who was that? That was Gucci Monster, and that was actually uh, commented by Astronautilus as a, ru- a personal runner-up for him because, ladies and gentlemen, our rappers were our judges. Yeah. That's right. Basically, without any, um, without any uh, con- collusion by ourselves, we threw the tracks to the rappers, had them listen to them, and they would choose whichever one they wanted. Starting with Astronautilus, and then his selection was removed from the list, and then Mazarao, etc., etc., down to Cool Whip, and then boom. Yeah, and that's how we chose our top three. Jury, Judge, and Executioner. <laughs> judge Dread. <laughs> I am the... I am the... I am the... I just always wanted to see a baby. <laughs> <laughs> Kill a priest. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, I, I did not see that movie. I do not know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's an amazing movie. Yeah, it was me actually slipping into Assy McGee there, which oh. was not a good show. Shame on you. It was a funny line. 
<laughs> in a bad show. <laughs> Send me angry emails if it's your favorite show in the world, and I'll laugh, <laughs> I'll laugh at you. I'll laugh at you <laughs> for having such poor taste. Know, uh, people would get really critical of us because we do love Twelve Ounce Mouse an awful lot, and yeah, no one. And you can go to hell if you don't like it. <laughs> but and, uh, this was a pretty crazy week. We got a lot of stuff to talk about besides just Tatra's Rap Attack. That's right. Oh, I mean, man. we got that iPad to talk about. Oh, dude, that, our our plans for the design of a, a maximum version of that. <laughs> oh man. Um, we got Obama playing around with NASA's budget. Uh-huh. I got I got some news on that, so I'll be Yeah, I got some notes to as well we can spar. We can go back and forth. But first, let's start off by playing the third place winner, wrapped over by MC Cool Whip. Uh, the uh the rappers actually gave us names for these tracks. What were the what was the original name of this track? Um was there one? Sometimes sometimes it was just the name of the performer they didn't they didn't give a title yeah he didn't really give a title okay for it. what's what's mc cool whip call it he calls it millennium horses enjoy folks is that any relation to q lazarus i don't know holding <laughs> the slide firmly release the safety the whole top end of the gun will move as a one unit and your gun is now ready to be Rapping like a Jehovah's Witness When Cool Whip's on stage, you know it's serious business The Whip is the champ compared to all these chumps The raps are just as lame as the fist pump No lumps of gold for me, Santa thought I was sweet Played him like a flute, just like on this beat Take a seat and listen to what I had to say Even though my raps are in total disarray No fear of stingrays, the name is not Steve I'm the best around, you just got to believe that I'm a real MC and I know how to rock it Although many people think I should stop it Don't ever tell Coop what he cannot do You know this MC tips like a poorly made canoe Kung Fu grip on this mic so it doesn't fall When I get bored I like to headbutt drywall All I know you gotta admit that I'm sweet I mean I can even consume tons of concrete But don't ask me to do it It's not very smart Went back in time once just to fight Renee Descartes Top of the charts I might be someday What I'm driving I always have the freaking right away And you may say how is he just so great It's quite simple there's a lot just tons of fate For the Matrix and move the whole crowd I will never ask anybody anywhere to bow down to me And my amazing rapping skills won't ever stop until my destiny is fulfilled Just chill and don't freak out when I start to rap After a record we should hang and play with some bubble rap Never gonna use a map when I got this GPS The whip is only made of winning success And I must confess I am really this awesome Rather be rapping than have a green thumb How come this beat has to come to an end Sorry, gotta go, I have some plans that I must tend You know, those plants and, you know, plants for zombies I gotta get money for the new machine gun to beat it then I think it really helped my experience overall
What we just listened to was the amazing MOP matchup of Anti Up with the battle music from Final Fantasy VII. Oh, yeah. That was from a phenomenal remix album that just released from Team Teamwork this week called Vinyl Fantasy VII. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I like you, that song. It is a bunch of... It had laser sound effects. <laughs> it sounded like space. It, it uh, features a lot of mashups of hip-hop with Final Fantasy VII stuff. Um, some of it is really good. Honestly, there's only two that I kind of liked, personally. And that was that one and the Jay-Z Lucifer mashup with the Mako Reactor song. Which Mako. I, Mako, 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 Mako. Get it right or pay the price. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my girlfriend died. <laughs> she died okay praying praying for the the holy materia to come down okay she died all right all right sephiroth is such a dick eh, whatever i was like because i did a tifa when i went to golden saucer i did a tifa first time didn't even try for it me and the brunette with the big knockers going steady <laughs> Whatever. But Whatever, before dude. that, of course, was MC Cool Whip with Millennium Horses. And I didn't mention it before, but that was uh, the beat was by Nomar Slavic. You're a winner, Nomar Slavic! You are a winner, number three! Yo! Um, chisel your name into the Ice Hotel, and it's gonna, it's gonna melt away over time, but it'll be remembered. <laughs> for those few minutes. <laughs> Hell no. Ice Hotel's up for like a month or something. I don't know. <laughs> but I look like a Swede. A little bit like a sweet. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> now that you mention it. All right. Let me drop some video game preach up on you, dogs. Word. Right. Let, me, let, me, let me hear this. Okay. 
So last week, uh, in addition to all those other uh, games that came out, uh, the things that you're probably playing instead of this game, such as Mass Effect uh, yeah. and, and Mag, um, and No More Heroes 2 came out. No More Heroes 2, Desperate Struggle! <laughs> um, no More Heroes 1 was a really fun and funny, crazy little game yeah. uh, with some tragic flaws. Yeah, it was awesome, but man, I swear to God, I, I just wanted to do assassin missions. I didn't want to like pick up coconuts for hours. I didn't want to do the horrible driving. It wasn't like driving in Grand Theft Auto where it's fun. It was like this buggy-ass shit where you just like drive your car in the water and you're upset. A little motorcycle. Didn't like it. But in this game... They've got they've streamlined the experience. They've gotten rid of a lot of the problems. For example, it's implied that you drive around in your motorcycle, but you you never have to do it. Thank it's God. just a map screen. Thank God. And they've converted the um, the money earning and status building side missions into uh, not kind of obnoxious little like in, in what were they, Mike? Describe them. Uh, I, I played it, but it was like it was you like, suffered more than yeah. I did. It was in game in game tasks where it was kind of like you uh, you had to use the same like third world perspective and just go and click things and then bring them back just like back and forth yeah it was, back and it was, forth it was constant errand running uh yeah basically. constant constant errand running like like maybe get drive this to this location with the buggy ass motorcycle uh-huh. or it was like um my the, the first thing you have to do the most horrible thing is like gather coconuts in a time limit which just meant running around in a small area and clicking things and then and then 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 slowly bring them back to the sky well, it, good news that shit is over oh good they're done with that shit and what they've replaced it with is a very amusing um well it's a complete every single side task that earns you money is an 8-bit video game during the loading screen which is all which is just a black screen you hear travis pick up a cartridge blow in it and put it into a machine (laughs) (laughs) awesome and you play these these 8-bit versions where you're travis like catching uh and exterminating bugs and rats and stuff in houses or um uh Make cooking steaks for black men, and <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and he if they don't like it they throw a fork in your face, <laughs> and uh, doing like tiling missions and like some of them are very good, some of them are okay, some of them are very frustrating. They're all a bit repetitious though. I gotta say I do actually love the bug catching one. I would play it forever except I wanted to play the main game. Yeah, uh, it's a lot, it's like Dig Dug if Dig Dug didn't dig and you would exterminate it instead. It's weird. <laughs> I know, uh, but <laughs> what at it's been complained that this is this too is repetitious, but it's by no means what that last game had, and it's it's a way more fun and stylish alternative. The main game, I, I that was that was me getting the bullshit over with. The main game is the same like fast fun that um, that the first game had. Yeah, you have there's there's a certain amount of kind of like weird bullshit anime dialogue, um, but but when everything that comes out of Travis's mouth is hilarious, yeah. and as always, very self aware. Yeah, the assassins he has to fight are incredible. So self aware, in fact, that within like 15 minutes they break the fourth wall. Yeah, and he and the 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 woman who ran the show in the first game have a discussion about whether gamers will be bored if they just recount what's happened between the second game and the first game. That's awesome. Um, it's it's just it's a lot of fun. The swordplay is is like great as always. It's not yeah. it's not Wii Motion Plus, but it's a really cool like alternative with you know <laughs> the equipment that everyone owns. Yeah. Um, and uh, the first boss alone is just just a testament to how funny this game is. He's he's a cultist. Uh, a black hip hop dude with um, a Scottish accent. <laughs> and you first see him; he's on a couch with two hip hop honeys with giant afros, and he sees you and he throws them at you across the room. <laughs> and so then you like get a uh, Travis touchdown gets in a fighting stance and attacks this dude through the hip hop honeys, and he's attacking back with this like 
mechanical boombox that makes his arms bionic. And then you tear those women to shreds because <laughs> this game is extremely sexist and hyper-violent. And this, that, that image is just a testament I, to I, that. I like both of what you're saying. I love sexism <laughs> and, and I love And their afro heads roll like golf balls across the room. That's awesome. It's really fucked up. Um, yeah, it sounds it. <laughs> yeah, who's got a boner? Okay, just me. The, the second <laughs> boss is an American football dude who has a league of, like, um, of cheerleaders with massive underboob. And he gets into a giant robot, and Travis gets in a giant robot, and you got to fight each other in a fighting game style awesome. thing. It, the only problem with the game is that the levels are like the the levels are sort of short, um, and they're a little bit repetitious. But it's still fun. It's fun. It's 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 a fun game. And if, you know, if you complain that we doesn't have good games, well, you know, No More Heroes is a then good you're game. wrong. I mean, it's got flaws. Don't get me wrong; it's got flaws. But hey, you know, check it out. I uh, I hear Mag isn't actually boring it for our roommate Brandon, who's wow. who's playing it. Um, I'm bored with it. <laughs> Mag is essentially just the first-person shooter portion of Call of Duty, a better version. Like, there's no bullshit. Like, stand in a corner long enough, and you regenerate, and you you get all your life back. Mystically, you actually have to like like a medic has to like repair you, or you have to get Spray an adrenaline you with a, shot with, a, with a blue mist, a healing blue mist. Is that what happens? Yeah, it's it. It's just a. Oh, weird. Maybe it's a cloud of nanites. I don't know. <laughs> that would make sense if that healed you. You've got more about nanites coming up, guys. Oh, really? so, so get your britches ready. Oh, I love nanites. Um, and uh, so, so apparently, it, apparently, it's got lasting value. If you like the call of if you if you like Call of Duty for the story and not for the multiplayer, then Mag's not for you. If you like Call of Duty for the multiplayer, upgrade to Mag. It's yeah, more worth it's your a, while. It's a better multiplayer. And you you gain levels and you get to eventually become a general and ah <laughs> and, and hit things in the, in the studio. Um, as for other video game news, White Knight Chronicles came out today. No, I have not gotten to play it yet. I will have something to say about it next week. <laughs> it's it's uh, a level five game, so it's probably yeah. going to be really good. Uh, I've heard the voice acting isn't great, but I haven't heard it for myself yet. What I have seen are gigantic fucking monsters, the likes of which you've never seen before, such as an actual living, working RPG city on the back of a giant turtle that actually moves through the map. Oh, cool. Yeah, if you, you know, if you can imagine that. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. If it lives up to that concept, then... Then wow. kudos. Yeah, seriously. Um, so, we all love Castle Crashers. Oh, God, We've been yes. playing Castle Crashers pretty much nonstop since it came out. Oh, so good. Um, the Behemoth is a great game development studio. Absolutely. And they showed us a video a while back of their next game. They didn't say what it was called. Well, it's been announced, and there's a trailer, which you can uh, go to nerdyshow.com, follow that link. It's called Battle Block Theater. And uh, the plot's a little vague still, but it looks like you and a friend get shipwrecked on an island, your friend puts on a magic hat and becomes evil, and then makes you, um, makes you and a bunch of other people compete in a, in a death theater, which lends itself to a multiplayer game that's either competitive or um, aggressive. Collaborative. Or, like, it looks like you're either helping someone survive through, the, through this level, or you are making sure that they are fucking annihilated. Awesome. Um, like, it's all these... Bizarre, uh, multi-tiered, side-scrolling arenas, and you can, like, screw people over, throw them into spikes coming out of the walls, uh, use them to jump across, like, push them into the water, and use them to jump across to get on a boat. Uh, Sounds good to me. You can, you can kind of, they have an elaborator on how it actually works, but you can see how it's probably going to work in this trailer. That sounds cool. And, and as usual, it looks hilarious. Um, here's a big one for you, Mike. I don't know if you've, if you, you probably, you probably it's know possible. this. It's possible. Okay. The Pokemon team have announced there's an entirely new Pokemon game coming out. 
this year. What? I somehow missed this. Diamond, Pearl, Platinum. Right. That was a new Pokemon game. Right. That had new Pokemon. It wasn't Mystery Dungeon. It wasn't a spinoff. Right, it wasn't right. just an expansion. This year in Japan, so probably at the end of the year, they will debut an entirely new Pokemon series. Really? Yes. What the hell? Did, what? How? Yeah, how'd that slip by you? How? <laughs> when did that news drop? I, uh, uh, between yeah. <laughs> last week and this week. Damn. So, so it's, it's going to be... A, a Pokemon game proper, and it's not going to be like... Pokemon game proper. New features, new functions, new Pokemon. God damn. For the Nintendo DS. Oh, sweet. That's a good year for Pokemon. I know. You get a remake of the two best versions of Pokemon ever made, oh, and man. a new one that, that is probably going to tie in with them somehow. Yeah, it's going to have to. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah. <laughs> Feeling good about that. Yeah, that's awesome. Fuck yeah. Um, I, I Something to try out during our Nerdy Show break that I didn't get to talk about last week was... Playing games in 3D, uh, 3D. All, most games these days are 3D. They have 3D data, and your com- your computer computes all of the data in in 3D. It renders the three dimensions. So, and something I mentioned in, in season two was that Nvidia uh, allows you now, if you buy a package and get these special glasses, to play your games that you've always played in 3D in actual 3D. Right. In your you you put on glasses, and all of it comes out at you. So I got, I got to try this out. It is incredible. Now. A lot of games, they weren't expecting people to play it like this. So there's a bunch of games that just plain don't work right. Hmm. But what you can do is very impressive. Um, Mass Effect, for example, looks gorgeous until you try to fire at something, and then the reticule is completely off. In fact, most games with reticules are like... What's that? You can't... That's the, the, the aiming the target thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, it's completely off. you got to like kind of just use your mind to do okay. it. But you can adjust the depth of field. You can render it in kind of the flat 3D you're used to seeing in movies and have seen all your life. And this is, this is not red and blue, by the way. This is, this is clear. This is the 21st century, guys. Um, but you can, or you can uh, adjust the depth all the way out and just see the whole thing come out in front of you. And when you're playing a first-person shooter like Fallout, it is incredible. <laughs> now, there's still some problems, problems with the sky and the water and Fallout and Oblivion. You, in Oblivion, you can't render grass and stuff. But... You're in those burnout cities, and you're seeing every detail of all the rubble and the missiles flying at you that mutants are firing. You're seeing your gun, and it looks like it is in your own perspective. I mean, some, sometimes you've got to blink to get it all in. You blink, and, but then it all falls open like a magic eye, and you just see the whole thing. Now, now does it work on Second Life? Because I, I am a giant dick monster, and I, <laughs> I ride around on a dick, and I want to go have sex with people and That's see a good in question. full 3D. You know, it would have to, it would have to work with Second Life in, in some respects, but I have no idea. Because we have to facilitate my masturbatory needs at all costs. Yeah, because like, you're paying for the Second Life hookers. Right, exactly. Right, you're cheating on your wife in Second Life. Right, right. exactly. Like, I, I'm paying real lindens to cheat on my real wife that i married legally through second life your dick doesn't just have the start and stop options it's got a whole yeah, menu screen got, of I've things it can do the, all sorts of action orbs that just i'm building um, hold on hold on I'm, I'm building a logic tree of <laughs> my sexual needs in my head <laughs> and it somehow turns out to look like a penis i don't get it, it. it's yeah that's just <laughs> how it works and and my penis looks like that and now you're imagining my dong yeah i know i don't want to nope now imagine it's inside you by far Oh. The best experience I had with this 3D was um, playing Dead Space. Now, the game, because the, the lighting effects, they used a bunch of things that just plain don't work in 3D. So <clears> by and large, it looks terrible, and it's very hard to play. It makes your eyes feel a bit like they, they're being raped by, by invisible dicks, which, of course, you can relate to. Uh-huh. Um, I'm, on, I'm listening again. I stopped right. paying attention. 
there's this one thing where you're in a vertical it's not a lift but it's like an elevator that goes i mean not vertical horizontal that goes horizontal it's a big yeah. a tube it's like a like a but mine cart it, yeah it's like a mine cart it's an open tube and you're going through this this tunnel that's like a shaft just full of all these like rivets and all these things like it it's like a crazy little mine cart roller coaster right yeah. when you are wearing the 3d goggles and you have the depth up all the way you are actually experiencing a roller coaster in full effect in your mind, except for the G-forces aren't there. But it is an incredible experience. Cool. It makes you go, whoa! Now, there's a lot of gravity puzzles in that game. Wouldn't the 3D make you vomit? Maybe. <laughs> I didn't play any of those because okay. the lighting effects, I, I just couldn't yeah. I couldn't deal with it. But yeah. that tunnel was... <laughs> if you got a safe spot next to that tunnel, try that shit out. Okay. Greatest thing about this 3D is that if you have up-to-date graphics cards, chances are you're already... Like a portion of the way there, you just got to get the glasses. That's so just go crazy. on Nvidia's website and you know check out what the specs are. Could we just steal a pair of 3D glasses from a movie theater? No, no, dang it. These these are these are special. These sync with your computer. They they are very advanced. I told Diana those wouldn't be useful, but she still stole them after we saw Avatar. Oh, and the fucking movie theater, they they want you to recycle them afterwards. And if they catch you trying to u- reuse the ones that you purchased the first time, they will pitch a fit. I don't get that. That is an inherent problem. They're running a scam. And they it's are. Evil. Because you pay for it once, you should keep it. I mean, like, come the fuck on. But uh, 3D is making a big, a big statement this year. 3D televisions are, are growing. Um, everybody's interested in it. ESPN is debuting ESPN 3D in June 2010, and there's a Japanese HD service called Sky Perfect that's going to start 3D programming in the summer. Uh, companies are really interested in 3D, and I'm actually kind of shocked that they are. Is it is it the future? I don't know, but there's certainly a lot of people investing time and money into it. It was the so future in the we'll 50s. See. I'm confused that it still still is. Well, see, we had this little problem where everything kind of slowed down to a halt all of a sudden, except for computers. And now the computers are are doing so great. Now it. everything else is falling into place. Flying cars in five years. <laughs> <laughs> What's up for next for us, Hex? Well, next up, we are going to have the next winner. Of the Tetris attack. Oh, shit. We got Crondor Crew. Well, no, it's not Crondor Crew. It's just Masro of Crondor Crew. With a uh, DM. Gotta beat that block. Because, oh. see, because Tetris attack is a puzzle game. And and he's ta- he's a ninja. He's a ninja, ninja rap group. And so he's talking about blocking with you. With your arms, ah, like a like a like a super punch. You block. You block super. the super. And punch here, here's fight. the irony, the in, in continued irony of this track. It was uh, mixed by. It was made by a DHT of Impulse Records. Crondor Crew is signed to Impulse Records. We made sure no artist knew what track they got, but he ended up Masaru ended up choosing this track because it's what he likes. Uh-huh. So Masaru took the track, rapped over, it, gave it to his. Uh, to HT to produce and produce HT went, oh, cool. I got second place. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, sorry about that, guys. A little bit of a little bit of secret bias. Not, yeah. not was it was it completely anonymous? It was completely anonymous. Good. It was. Good. Well, I'm glad. <laughs> Anyways, folks, enjoy. <laughs> a little bit of funny there. A little bit of irony. Let's begin with the story that I told you know he meant so well This Kunoichi that he knew she had him under her spell And it was all that he could do to not be crazy apprehensive Shady dealing with Solange caught him up on the defensive Lacking any honor and he been a machine though Shouldn't be surprised though is what matter teach yo The clan is so impressed they need to stick together In a sense they got her thinking that she could kick it better They bring that fight when he's got this on lock They don't know about that Wushu block 
punching, you can't seem to win Just hold tight till the next round begins Hit every which side and every which way Till the final round showing at the end of the day Ask now when all he's got to say Is that tomorrow's gonna be okay Hold up, I gotta beat that block Always seems my arm to open the lock And every time I turn around Everything is going down But now I just kick it to the sound Hold up, I gotta beat that block It always seems that my arms are held up on the lock Every time I turn around Everything is going down But now just kick it to the sound I know this cat that can't get his stacks Paper means just seem to be what this man lacks No matter what he tries Knocks him flat on his back He's getting smacked up by the critical attack Like 10d6, he's got no saving throw Well there you go, knocked out by life's low blow Now he's a no-show, where can he go? Just got to roll with the flow of life's tempo They bring their fight, but he's got it on lock They don't know about that Wushu block Blind punching, can't seem to win Just hold tight till the next round begins Hit every which side and every which way Till the final round showing at the end of the day Ask now when all he got to say Is that tomorrow's gonna be okay Hold up, I gotta beat that block Always need my arm to open the lock And every time I turn around Everything is going down But now I just kick it to the sound Hold up, I gotta beat that block It always seems that my arms are held up on the lock Every time I turn around Everything is going down But now just kick it to the sound I gotta beat that block, beat that block, I gotta beat that block, beat that block, I gotta beat that block, beat that block, I gotta beat block. A lone samurai, a guy who's not shy, he likes to dress fly to catch the girl's eyes at just the right time. He's missed the right crime to catch the right time who don't mind his pastime. A true Kunoichi showing love he's never known, and now his cash stack's higher than the top of his throne. And it's all about the tone and how some things are overblown. But the undertone has truly shown how this life has grown. Amazing all the revolutions of this planet, and how the people in the world can never understand it. But if you can manage to block all the damage, I guarantee that you will see you have the true advantage. They bring their fight, but he's got it on lock. They don't know about that Wushu block. Blind punching, can't seem to win. Just hold tight till the next round begins. Hit every which side and every which way Till the final round showing at the end of the day Ask now and all he got to say Is that tomorrow's gonna be okay Hold up, I gotta beat that block Always need my arms to open the lock And every time I turn around Everything is going down But now I just kick it to the sound Hold up, I gotta beat that block It always seems that my arms are held up on the lock Every time I turn around Everything is going down But now just kick it to the sound Hold up, I gotta beat that block. Always keep my arms up in the block. And every time I turn around, everything is going down. But now I just kick it to the sound. Oh, that's where MIA is from. Piracy funds, capitalism. God. Harry Truman, Doris Day, Red China, Johnny Ray, South Pacific, Walter Witchell, Joe DiMaggio, Joe McCarthy, Richard Nixon, Studebaker, Television, North Korea, South Korea, Marilyn Monroe, Rosenberg's H-Bomb, Sugar Ray, Pamela John Brando, The King and I, and The Catcher in the Rye, as in our vaccine, England's got a new queen, Marciano, Liberace, Santiana, goodbye, Joseph Stalin, Malenkov, Nasser and Prokofiev, Rockefeller, Campanella, 
communist block. Roy Corn, one Peron, Tuscanini, Jack Cron, Dien Ben Fu, Falls, Rock around the clock. Einstein, James Dean, Brooklyn's got the winning team. Navy Crockett, Peter Pan, Elvis Presley, Disneyland. Bardo, Budapest, Alabama, Khrushchev, Princess Grace, Peyton Place, Trouble in the Suez, Little Rock, Pasternak, Mickey Mano, Kerouac, Sputnik, showing live bridge on the River Kwai. Lebanon, Charles de Gaulle, California, baseball, stop where the homicide, children of the little mind, Buddy Holly, Ben Hur, Space Monkey Mafia, Hula Hoops, Castro, Edsel is a no-go, you two sing Minri, Peyota and Kennedy, Chubby Checker, Psycho, Belgians in the Congo, Hemingway, Eichmann, Stranger in a Strange Land, Dylan, Berlin, Bay of Pigs Invasion, Lovets of Arabia, British Beatlemania, Ole Miss, John Glenn, in peace, Patterson, Pope, Paul, Malcolm X, British politician, sex, JFK, blown away. What else do I have to say? Birth control, Ho Chi Minh, Richard Nixon, back again, moonshot, Woodstock, Watergate, punk rock, begging, begging, Palestine, Jeroboam, airlines, Ayatollahs in Iran, Russians in Afghanistan, Will of Fortune, Sally Ride, Abbey Meadows, suicide, foreign debts, homeless vets, AIDS, crack, Bernie gets, hypodermics on the shore, China's under martial law, Rock and roll the cola wars, I can't take it anymore. Can't take it anymore, no, I can't take it anymore. I can't take it anymore, no, I can't. We didn't start this fire. Shit has been burning, we just been learning how to cope. Nah, we didn't start this fire. Shit has been burning, we just been learning how to cope. Nah, we didn't start this fire. Shit has been burning, we just been learning how. Billy. Joe can still fuck through a brick wall. That's right, Billy. Joe can still peek on a microphone. I'm million here, I'm million there, I'm million scared. I don't care, I don't care. Goats, goats, goats. Look at I'm surrounded with. Third it cutest for so me. Hard. I saw a Mortal Technique once, and that was adorable. Damn. You saw a Mortal Technique play with Vin Diesel once, and you uh -huh. were just like, oh. adorable. Where was that at? It was, it was an Adora Explorer episode. OMGW's. Now, what you just heard was a Millie Joel from uh, Bluebird's Street Talk 3, uh, which you can pick up online for free. Um, and uh, you can hear our man Astronautilus at the end of that track uh, cr cracking some killer jokes. <laughs> um, and we got him on the phone right now, Andy. Andy Bothwell, a.k.a. Astronautilus, what is up? Hey, how's it going, y'all? Oh, man, it's, it's going good. Uh, we're, we're here. We're jonesing to watch Lost. Um, yeah, me and you both, me and you both. Yeah, I, I, I got to know, man. I got to know what the hell is up with Jacob and the guy in the white shirt and the guy in the black shirt, and they're sitting on the beach just chilling. Like, what was it's up? It's all, all of my friends on the East Coast are all watched it, and I'm just getting more and more text messages, like vague text messages of shock and excitement. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I've gotten... Crazy. I've gotten three so far, and they all just are lost in all caps, followed by, like, four or five exclamation marks. And so... Yeah, I've got one... I've got... One that just said, no fucking way. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, we're probably going to watch it around the same time by the time we're done with this interview. Yeah. It'll, it'll probably be airing no. over there. Um, 
Yeah, no, it's it's eight eight, uh, 8 p.m. Um, Western time, so it gives you three hours. So, Andy, when we when we chose you uh, to be the the grand prize of Tetris Rap Attack, it's because Mike and I have had a lot of nerdy conversations with you in the oh, past, God, and yes. we know that uh, despite despite your fame and fortune and gold grill, you're a big geek. <laughs> <laughs> yes, true, true science fact. <laughs> so, um, Tetris Attack is is a little known Nintendo game. Uh, it it's just a it's a puzzle game, but it's a puzzle game unlike any other. I, I think it's the best. And uh, what's you have a personal relationship with Tetris Attack? What is that relationship? Well, I had never played Tetris Attack, but I'd always been a really big fan of puzzle games, uh, particularly the Puzzle Fighter series. It was a, a had a near and dear spot in my home. And when I went to record my second record, um, we were recording it in this house that was in the middle of nowhere in Florida, and, and I was working out with my friend Radical Face, who was also a very big nerd, and. Um, they had no like internet, no cell phone service, no TV, uh, like no cable. Just um, this tiny little like 12-inch TV and a Super Nintendo with like frayed <laughs> wires. And we saw it, and we were like laughing at the wires. And then we were like, "Oh, let's look through the games." And we were looking through the games, and Radical Face saw the Tetris attack, and he's like, "No way! All right, we've got to fix this Nintendo right away." <laughs> so he like we dropped everything, so he could like basically rewire the Super Nintendo to make it work again with the RF converter. And um, yeah, yeah, we spent all the better part of any, like, we would work, like, 14 hours a day in that studio, but any downtime was spent um, just playing Tetris Attack. We would start every morning before recording, like, I would make coffee, and, like, we'd, like, eat some oranges, and then we'd play Tetris Attack, and then we'd go in and start working again. We'd take, like, a Tetris Attack break at lunch, one at dinner, and then we'd finish the night off with, like, about an hour worth of Tetris Attack. <laughs> yeah, um, it, yeah, it, it made my second record. Um, <laughs> oh man, that's that a... the, the main influence. <laughs> Living the dream. But did you get uh, Tetris Living Attack Phantoms haunting you? Because I remember the first time I played it, and then after I picked it up years later, I'd close my eyes and I'd I'd see combos like little. <laughs> oh, absolutely! It's so amazing. Like I had dreams about it. It totally, it totally took over completely. And like the, the combos, like they just appear to you. I remember like the day that like all of a sudden I saw this big giant chain combo just appear to me, and it was just like, oh my god! It was like I saw the face of God or something. <laughs> <laughs> and it was Yoshi Nintendo, peering over the clouds. Nintendo Nirvana. <laughs> it was um, the little lava, the lava guy. Blarg. <laughs> yeah, Blarg. Blarg. <laughs> oh man. Have you ever seen the game that Tetris Attack was originally, Panel de Pond, in Japan? No, is it awesome? <laughs> it, it's it's a diff. Mike Mike hate Mike hates it, and I kind of love it for how stupid it is. You play it's um it's a completely unique Nintendo property. It's where the item in Smash Brothers lips stick comes from, uh, and it's a uh, it's just it's it's a bunch of fairies, and they've all been imprisoned, <laughs> and and you gotta you play as this character named Lip. Who's a who's a fairy of the flowers, and you got to free all the other fairies, which is all the different elemental levels you go through in Tetris Attack. And uh, I don't know, I don't like it. I think it's a bunch of bullshit. I like playing as, as Yoshi, and I'm fighting penguins and turtles and, and, and shit I can relate to. I can't re- I can't relate to these these Japanese fairies. Like I don't know what they're up to. I don't trust them. 
relate to these Japanese fairies. <laughs> <laughs> Goddamn right. I like fireworks. I like Texas Attack. I like monster truck races and American flags. I can relate to these Japanese fairies. Yeah. I like Yoshi the goddamn dinosaur. Yeah. Yoshi, Yoshi's a dinosaur. I go mun with him. I can relate to that. But but none of this this Japanese bullshit. None of this. This is Pearl Harbor all over again. No thank you. No thank you. No thank you. No thank you. Freedom oh, make free, brother. <laughs> yeah. Um. So in the near future, you're going to be touring with uh, POS, and uh, yeah. you've done uh. A, the last track on uh, your previous album, Pomegranate, was a collaborative effort between you and P.O.S. And the last track on P.O.S.'s album, Never Better, was a collaborative track. And you guys are working on a new album. Tell me about all that all that P.O.S. collaboration you're up to. Well, he and I, like, I met him um, my second year on the Warp Tour, which is 2004. And he got on just, he was working merch for Atmosphere with, like, the vague promise that he might get to play a couple of shows if there was availabilities. And he ended up playing a bunch of shows, and we ended up, like, he gave me his music, and we both just became instant fans of each other's work. And we had kept promising each other for years that we would get together and work on music, and it just, and it never happened, and never happened, and never happened. And finally, um, he came out to a show in Minneapolis, and we just got to talking, and we were like, we really needed to do this. Um, and I was working on Pomegranate at the time, just writing, and, uh, we decided to, like, uh, he had a, a week and a half off in Minneapolis, so I just came out there one spring, and we worked on music, and we got those two songs done, and we got another song kind of halfway done. Um, but then we realized that, you know, our albums are coming out, and there was, you know, no way that we were going to get them these, you know, another album done with our touring schedule, so we just put those two songs on each other's albums as kind of a sneak peek of things to come. And finally, now that our touring schedules from both of our new records is settling down, um, we decided to start working on the record again. And I just got back like uh, two days ago from a two-week trip out there recording. And we have three songs like pretty much done. Um, awesome. And then I go out on the tour, and I'm sure we'll get some work done then. And then after that, I'm going to be um, going up to Minneapolis periodically over the, the remainder of the year to work on um, the record with him. And I expect we'll have it done before the end of the year. Um, I don't know when it'll come out or you know where it'll come out, but like um, it's, I think that if we continue with this schedule, we'll be able to get it done before the new year. I'm really excited about the three songs that we have so far are kind of really, really great. It's been, it's been a, a pleasure working with them. That's way cool. You guys, um, your, your, both your tracks together have been uh, really, uh, really heavy, heavy, heavy music. Um, yeah. uh, some very uh, serious themes. Uh, conversely, your other main collaborator, your hip-hop husband, Bluebird, you guys do some really amazing geeky shit together, like Looking Kitty, uh, the internet mini sensation. Oh, man. You're gonna get that YouTube money someday. I love that. Uh, do you have any uh, any other um, projects with YouTube brewing? Any more boyfriends incorporated? Well, I'm funny enough. I'm actually producing um, almost all the music for um, his new record, his new solo record, um, which will be um, pretty serious. Actually, um, I uh, I'm trying to trying to kind of um, incorporate some more some prettier music into into Jacques' work. He's he's always done really like intense and hard kind of music and, and now I want to try and try to him a little bit in a different direction um, so we're working together and we've already started on that and um, I think that there's definitely some more Boyfriends Incorporated stuff in the works I think we you can expect us to start doing um, our video pen pal thing pretty full swing soon oh boy um, where we make videos back and forth to each other we kind of dabbled in it briefly while I was in Europe and then um, I kind of fell to pieces I think we're going to try and get it back up and running um, 
and that, and hopefully one of these days we'll be putting out our ringtones record. Um, <laughs> is that going to um, include which, the uh, the weird um, phone messages that were on MySpace? Yeah, well, I think we we recorded like I have like um probably like two hours worth of Pro Tools sessions of ringtones that we recorded, <laughs> <laughs> and we want to record them and then release them on record only. <laughs> um, so I think I think that there's a, a good possibility that we might put like a 12 inch out with like a looking kitty on it and a bunch of ringtones on it as well too. Amazing. That, that sounds great because I, I just – what I love is when I'm riding the city bus and someone decides to change their ringtone next to me and they're just cycling through all the ringtones and I'm I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, this is awesome. I'm, I'm really into this. I'm not at all all annoyed and, and so – and then when someone else wants to have an episode with the Holy Spirit, like it's just, it's just, I love riding the public but transportation. See, what you're going to be able to do now is you're going to get out, you're going to get your little briefcase, uh, uh, baby's first vinyl player. Yes, and yes. You're going to, you're going to slap it down. You're going to cycle through all your ringtones. Yeah, I'm going to be like, listen to this, listen to this, bitches, and I'm just going to. Boyfriends Incorporated ringtones. The sessions, are, I haven't listened to them in a while, but they're the most annoying thing. Perfect. <laughs> Jacques and I just going like. Hey, for, for like ever, like and like covering each other's breaths up so we can keep going. It's, it's so well, I, I don't, um, I don't know how much uh, Teen Nick you watch, but I, I watch a lot of Teen Nick. I'm, I'm addicted to the show Degrassi, and um, they they like to. Uh, during the commercials, play these things that I guess that appeal to today's youth, which are ringtones, and you just have to text to a certain number, and it's the most annoying yeah. goddamn bullshit. They're like, they're like mosquitoes buzzing and this funny elephant fart, and I'm like, how does, how is it the fact it's an elephant farting? How is that conveyed in this ringtone? Like, I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> No, that's what an elephant fart sounds like. You're very smart these days, (laughs) Oh, I know, right? It's like you download this mosquito ringtone, and no one will ever know you're actually receiving a phone call. Yeah, because you're in middle school, and you want to receive phone calls, even though you can't answer the phone. But but (laughs) this mosquito noise, your teacher will just assume it's a mosquito. Like you're they're they're just targeting kids that are in middle school on the Nile River Delta. Oh. <laughs> so Andy, uh you've got you've got a pretty nerdy past. What would you say is the nerdiest thing about you? Oh, without a doubt, Warhammer forty K. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah. Without a doubt. That's I mean like that's the nerdy and there are nerdier things but like that's like that's like nerd drugs basically. How how big because is your it's army? Really, it's, it's so expensive. Yeah. It's so, like, ridiculous. You don't really technically need these little pewter figurines to pretend like you're a general. <laughs> you just need the rule book, but you have to have them in your heart. And you have to spend money to paint them. Oh, yeah. You spend, like, thousands of dollars to buy these little dolls, basically. It's the nerdiest <laughs> thing. And I'm to be honest, if I had the time and the money, I would play it right now. It's the best game ever made. <laughs> <laughs> so ridiculously wasteful and expensive. It's so uh, it's so absurd. Yeah, it's, it's a true fact. And and most people don't even know what it is. But <laughs> the people that do just go like, "Oh man, I'm sorry." <laughs> it's a it's a serious hobby. It's a, how how big is your army? Do you still have an army? <sighs> man, I haven't. I mean, like I, I played it all in high school, and I am I am totally admit, admit like the lowest point in my life. I never really, drugs were never my thing. I never really hooked on drugs or anything. And I, you know, I don't really have any vices, you know, but 
Um, I definitely got caught in middle school stealing from my grandmother to buy Warhammer figurines. Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah. That was the lowest of the low. Uh, yeah, I wanted I wanted that juggernaut, that space wolf juggernaut so bad. <laughs> I was blinded. Um, yeah, I had a small army because they were space wolves. They're the ones that everybody hates because mm-hmm. they're super small and powerful. Um but it was still probably like, you know, I'm in like middle school and high school, and it was probably like $400 worth of stuff. Like I sold CDs. Like I did whatever I could. I didn't eat lunch for days so I could buy stuff. It was so ridiculous. Like the children should not be introduced to it because it's just going to make them want to sell their kidneys on the Internet or something. <laughs> Man, I was the same way with Magic the Gathering. Oh, yeah. I, I look yeah, at my, totally. Yeah, I look at my cards from like middle school, and I was like, how the fuck did I afford this? That like, was an expensive hobby. And you were actually playing with yours. I was just collecting for the artwork. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, cap. Yeah. <laughs> I play it now. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I sat him down a couple of years ago, and I said, we're going to play this shit. And now, now A really good friend of mine, Roy, got fired from um, uh, his job. He was working, like, the night shift at some hotel and just, like, working at, you know, the desk at some, like, you know, crappy, like, Holiday Inn in Jacksonville. And he got fired from his job for playing Magic the Gathering online. Um, <laughs> but he was like, you know, he was like 24 at the time. <laughs> oh man, you're never you're never too old to play Magic, as I've I've learned when I go to those tournaments. I, there's guys like twice my age, and they that I'm just oh, like, easy. <laughs> and they are filthy rich. They're filthy rich. <laughs> it's, it's so funny. Jacksonville's like a mili- a military town. And, like, I would go to these Warhammer 40K tournaments or whatever, and it would be all these Navy guys, like, like 40-year-old Navy guys wearing, like, their, their naval, like, battleship sweatsuits or whatever. And, like, playing Magic or playing Warhammer 40K against a bunch of 14-year-olds. So <laughs> ridiculous. Shit. I remember I took, second, I took second in a tournament to a big, huge black Navy guy who had a, um, a Tyranid army. <laughs> That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Wow. What's um? Now you have a, a a story that goes along with the track that we're gonna we're gonna play um, that that you composed for the Tetris attack. Uh, tell us about that. Well, I was thinking about like what I wanted to write about, and I didn't really want to write like um, just like you know, kind of a song where I just talk about nerdy things. I kind of wanted to write like uh, you know, sort of like a story that nerds could really associate with. And and I was like super nerdy and and like um. So it may seem kind of hard to fathom because of like the nature of my shows and stuff. Like I was really, really shy growing up, and um, I and, and I never like went out with girls or anything like that. And like my senior year, um, this girl I went to school with, I went to Douglas Anderson School of the Arts in Jacksonville, and this girl who was like the best ballerina in school and the most beautiful girl in school, like asked me out on a date. She asked me to go see the Nutcracker with her, and it was just like like mind blowing experience. And I ended up dating her. Um, and then being like a total disaster, she's like a drug problem. She's a drug dealer ex-boyfriend that tried to beat me up on the last day of school. And like, <laughs> it was a total disaster. Um, but like for one brief period, like the, this nerdy kid who was like, I was still playing D and D regularly at the time. Um, like, you know, super nerdy, but I totally got the hottest girl in school, like out of the blue without even trying just by being a nerd. And I felt like, man, that's kind of like the best possible nerdy story that I can tell. For this song, so that I decided to tell that story instead of just like you know, wrapping up my favorite video games or anything. 
Awesome. That's massive. Yeah, that's that's my my favorite kind of uh, nerd rap is not when someone makes references and just lists how much nerdy stuff they know. I like it when when someone actually tells a story about what it was like about the nerdy strife. About the nerdy strife, you know. <laughs> nerdy strife. About being uh, being living in the suburbs and being white and being middle class and and just not having the courage to talk to girls. That's something I can relate to. <laughs> See, that's what I figured. I felt like, yeah, this is this is the the dream inside all of our nerdy hearts to win the win the hot girl just because we're a nerd. That's awesome. Not not in spite of. <laughs> oh man. A uh, little little downtime. I want to make sure we're not max, maxing out the, uh, the episode too much. How, what's what's our time right now, Hex? We should wrap it up. All right. Um, let's see. Okay, so um, that would be the introduction to the track, and then um, what was the name of the dude that uh, that Andy rapped over? Oh, the person that Andy rapped over was Evers McGee. But the track was called Poochie. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, so, Andy, I don't know if you've ever flipped through the options menu of Tetris Attack, but have you ever seen the t- the uh, the character bio section in there? <laughs> no, what? But yeah, so some, even though it was, like, the whole thing was, um, was, you know, retroactively made for America and all these, um... Uh, Yoshi characters were stuck in it. Someone went to the trouble of writing character bios for each of these uh, of these monstrosities, and there's like a Poochie page, and it's like Poochie likes monkeys. Didn't you know? Yeah, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I was really everybody knows Poochie's love of monkeys. <laughs> yeah, I, I was really thrilled when you, when you chose a a Poochie based track because uh, for some reason that that's that's been. <laughs> I don't know, I always play as Poochie just because of that just insult, like, condescending, Poochie likes monkeys, didn't you know? And the funny thing about that is that I played every game with Poochie, and nowhere is his love of monkeys mentioned, so... Nothing, nothing. He keeps it on the low, he doesn't want everybody to know. But if you don't know, you're an asshole. (laughs) You're really an asshole. You're an idiot. All right. The official winner of the uh, Nerdy Show Tetris Attack competition, and my selection was uh, Evers McGee and his uh, reworking of Poochie's Bean. Um, that was always one of my favorite pieces of music in the actual video game. I have hummed it in the shower countless times, and I decided to make this <laughs> song out of it, which is called uh, The City is Just a Skyline. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time with us. Um, Astronautilus' tour is hitting america with with pos just check his myspace um you can see if he's coming to your town and uh here at long last is the first place winner of nerdy show's rare game remix contest tetris attack this city ain't just a skyline enjoy folks oh yeah
Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. What you just heard was Kill Sally's entry to the Tetris Rap Attack competition called Bowser Stage, where he took a clever approach and not only uh, remixed uh, Tetris Attack on that, but also remixed Bowser's music. Appropriate, since Bowser appears as the final boss in Tetris Attack. Jerk! In Panel de Pawn, it was a wispy, nude, blonde goddess named Cordelia. That's some Japanese fairy bullshit right <laughs> And her really awesome music actually didn't appear uh, in the um, in Tetris Attack at all. Uh, I think you could listen to it in the, in the test music screen. But uh, the HT uh, remixed her song as one of the entries, so you can listen to that on nerdyshow.com. Nerdyshow.com. Right now, uh, we're going we're gonna to jive you some, some intergalactic preach. Some science news. I'm gonna twist your head all up. Science. So, news. well, the, in the last week, um, the uh, Obama administration, spearheaded mm-hmm. by, of course, uh, President Obama himself, uh-uh. uh, completely reworked um, the the space program um, and everything that was uh, geared towards the space program. Uh, pr- uh, former President and scumbag Bush uh, <laughs> had. Um, created something called the Constellation Program, which was a senile redux of the Apollo 11 mission. Basically, it was like, uh, we got to go, go get, get, we got to get back on the space race, get up on that moon. Get, just get, just get on up there. And it seemed to be more of a reaction to the fact that our Asian competitors were starting to get late years ahead of us, primarily India, China, and Japan. Yeah, so that was, that was a regressive move. We don't need to get on the moon. We need to get on the moon and do something. We need to get into space and do something, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like how going to the moon in the first place was doing something. Because I was doing some research, folks, and I found out exactly what the what constitutes uh, owning the moon. I'll own the moon. No, you don't. Dude, I'll own your moon. No. <laughs> by, by butt. No. When I Anyways, you. so the moon constitutes the same laws as international water, according to the Outer Space Treaty. I'm not making this oh, up. Oh, sweet. So I can gamble up there and give children cigarettes? That's kind of true, <laughs> but it's also a first-come, first-served basis. There's no real regulatory system for who gets on the moon well, first. So Mike, can you be the first person to come on the moon? Yeah, that's my plan. Okay. So, because um, <laughs> Americans go, well, we got a flag on there. We were the first people up there. America. Well, the Russians had six artifacts up there before America first stepped foot on the moon. Well, yeah, but we had people on the moon. <laughs> that is true. We are the only people to have had manned missions to the moon so far. Yeah, man. Um, but part of the I'm reaction... Have some man-on-man missions on the moon. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> part of the reaction to um, Obama... The, the reason Obama shut down the Constellations program was because he had the idea of privatizing... Um, Leo transport, uh, low Earth orbit transport, pretty much rocketry, going from here up to where the uh, International Space Station is. He wants to create this whole new industry of companies that will compete to get to have the technology to do that. And over the last 10 years, companies like SpaceX and Virgin have been working towards that end to a certain degree already. So with government backing, then it's sure to happen. While Obama did slice the budget for the Constellations program, he's not only increased NASA's budget from last year by $300 million, he's also put another, I think, $60 million 
60 or 50 million up there for uh, as a kind of like award to whichever private organization can pretty much fulfill American rocketry needs first. And the full budget to NASA is $6 billion. Right. It's a good chunk of change. That's a lot of dollar bills, man. All I want to know is when can I have sex in outer space? (laughs) We're working on it. We're working on it. Maybe 10 years. Um, But for now, until we solve our own rocketry independence, we are relying on the rush keys. The... uh, The Obama plan is going to focus on developing new space technologies, exploring the solar system with robots, and then Mm. and following that, pushing humans closer to living off world. Uh, The six billion dollar budget is has not yet been approved by Congress, and hopefully it will. Fingers crossed. Uh, But if approved, it will. um, The allocations are something along the lines of. uh, uh, And of course, these these numbers are. A little, a little crazy. So I don't know at what point this goes to NASA or whatever, but over three billion will go towards new uh, engines, propellants, materials, and combustion processes, uh, leading to new ways of accessing space beyond low Earth orbit. That goes to NASA. Basically, yeah. NASA, like while they're taking away the whole idea of rocketry and making that a privatized area where competition will kick in, na- the role of NASA will be for innovation and for direction, and as a regulatory organization for all private um, sectors involving space. Because according to the, our, uh, the uh, Outer Space Treaty, um, any American country, pretty much, if you're an American and you're in space, you're representing America. By having sex. No, well, yeah, that's... <laughs> you, could be, you could be having sex in the name of America. It's a diplomatic America. mission. <laughs> I'm going to put up the Craigslist If this ad. is a consular ship, where is the ambassador? <laughs> <laughs> and then World War Five breaks out. I don't know. Well, World War Four okay. only lasted minutes. <laughs> That's right. If, if you've seen a boy and his dog, you know that World War Four only lasted minutes. Okay. But basically, um, this is causing big um, shaking in the outer space loving communities because while this is, in the long run, a really good plan that will help innovate. It does mean that the plan to have be once again uh, have a manned mission to the moon by 2020 is is gone. Um, however, the government partnership with private space industries will get astronauts ferried into space by private companies by 2015, and um, the ISS project, the International Space Station project, uh, will be extended to at least 2020, and will be uh, at some point in the near future converted into a, a full space life laboratory studying the possibilities of what can really be accomplished there because it's it's all like broadening the, its current horizons. Of course this all does need to be approved and there's still lots of lots of work to do, but um I think that there's a good chance that this this reallocation of funds, this new project will create more of a lasting dent than just, you know, sticking some dude on the moon to prove that we still own it. Right. Um stick me on the moon. <laughs> there's um there's a lot of uh, ins and outs. There's a lot of disagreements. I mean, I for one, I'm, I'm always concerned when, uh, when private corporations are put in charge of governmental business like too much. Um, I'm not a fan of say privatized military corporations. Um, it's it just it just convolutes and complicates the whole the whole dirty mess of uh, of war and warfare more than it needs to be. It's, See, I don't think that mess. Halliburton would be a good analog for this. I think United, JetBlue. Yeah. That would be a good analog for what they're trying to do. 
They're not trying to mill. They're not asking them to come up with militarized rocketry and privatize that. We're just talking about um, rockets from Earth to lower Earth uh, orbit. And so basically, they're just looking for shuttles at the moment. That's what they're privatizing. Yeah. And I, I believe that um, as with the private market, there's going to be competition. There's going to be a drive for efficiency. I think because um, for some reason, like there's that old joke of um, during the space race, while we were trying to figure out a way to write in zero G, uh, we spent billions and billions of dollars on a pen that could write in zero G. The Russians used the pencil. Well, that still remains true today where we've gone through six different models of rockets that we've never really been satisfied with, while the Russians are still using the same basic model of rocketry that they used back in the day. Hmm. And so we, NASA isn't doing something right. And so by opening it up to that beautiful American ingenuity, which gets us on top of the world, we might actually be able to be in top of the uh, in front of the space race once again. What's his name? Like like Cockrum, who creates the warp drive, and then that catches the the the, the Vulcan's attention. That's when, right. When does that happen? Ah, uh, Jesus! In been a fiction, first contact, but um. yeah, yeah. Okay, well, that that was a, a privatized organization. right? It's only fiction till proven true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you know, we'll see, Hex. We'll see. Yeah. All right. Long live and prosper, fucker. <laughs> <laughs> Long live. <laughs> okay, well, uh, gravitating away from, from the space discussion, let's talk about the small spaces inside of us. Uh, there's a fun little... Um, inner short... space? Yes, inner space. Mm. Okay. There's, there's a fun, uh, fun little uh, short documentary, about 20 minutes, on uh, Vimeo at the moment, called Nano U. Uh, it's... Nano U. Yeah. <laughs> Nano U. Nano U. Nano U. Nano U. Nano U. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, <laughs> It's, you know, everybody who, who reads or, or watches or listens to sci-fi is pretty well aware of, of the nano-revolution and what's possible with nanomachines. Mm-hmm. So uh, what's in this documentary won't necessarily be anything new to you, but it's a really great, um, just very simple and very colorful uh, introduction to all the scopes of nanoscience and everything that's possible and everything that might come within, within this new century. Uh, what's... What's uh, way cool about it is that it's narrated by Stephen Fry, Ooh. and um, and Mike, our personal friends uh, Lawrence and Devin of Fuzzwitch have oh. done all the two-bit animation yeah, for it. Yeah, I got an email. I haven't been able to check it out yet, but yeah. I, I saw it on my phone. And so I'm... there's a lot of different kinds of animation in the video, but but almost all of the uh, the flat animation is done by uh, our friends at Fuzzwitch. Uh, Fuzzwitch is a really cool. Uh, make your own short animated video program. You just go to fuzzwitch.com and you can check that out. It's really cool. It's like uh, making your own uh, little little skits, a, a, a comic strip, if you will, but fully animated. Uh, I, I like the name Fuzzwitch. It, it sounds like Muff Sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> Actual words. Uh, someone said that. Someone said that to them. Someone very important. Yep. <laughs> and then the company was born. Yep. Um, uh, so... That that's a really cool video. You can check out the link on uh, nerdyshow.com uh, to watch that. Show that to your non-science friends and and show them what the future is going to be like with nanoscience. It was shot at the Nanoscience Center at the University of Cambridge. Oh yeah. Now uh, we're gonna play some music, and uh, then we're gonna dip in a little bit more uh, technology and talk briefly about the iPad. The iPad, uh, man, it totally sounds like we're making fun of the iPod still, but. 
Yeah. <laughs> no, we're just we're just I, saying the new Apple product name. A lot of stuff a lot of stuff has been said about the iPad already. Uh everyone else has beaten us to the punch. It came out the day the day that our last last podcast dropped, so we won't say too much, but you know, we'll blow some some snarky comments, so stay tuned. Anyways, what we have next is an amazing bit of OC Remix history. It's called McVeigh Quasi Ultimix. It's one of the best remixes of Tetris I've ever heard. Uh, McVeigh is this phenomenal uh, remixer that <clears throat> was unsatisfied with the limitations of how of uh, frequency of re- posting remixes on OC Remix. So he made three, at least three other um fake accounts <laughs> and submitted <laughs> tracks as a revolutionary and um this track is actually a collab between himself McVeigh and one of his alter egos quasi logic <laughs> <laughs> and so it was actually when it was released uh when was this that was posted October 27th 2000 wow um it really is a classic yeah it was the first um, collaboration at the time, but it turns out to be a sham. <laughs> oh, man. So see, see what we did here. Tetris Attack, not a Tetris game, uh, but same name, right? Both puzzle games. Just, just giving you the logic train here. Anyways, folks, enjoy. I'm going to go collab with myself in the bathroom. No!
I was born in a boxcar, colorblind, pigeon-toed, pockmarked, twisted figure, broken heart, they'd fix up I was born parts. in a four-story roach motel, with floor-to-ceiling agitations, wooden blocks, and a basic distaste for anything else. I was raised by a pack of wolves, nursed in our nation's capital, taught to hunt and gather food, and how at the moon and I was raised by food. a slow jam, two grizzlies for a mother who cared, six packs of ramen, nostradamus, paranoia, and fear. I fell in love with a flim-flammer, charming con artist, sexy counterfeiter, pretty grifter, hidden ace, switchblade. I'm in love with the fingers. most beautiful vulture. She picked away my flesh. I'm left with skeletons. Welcome, worn and tearing through like soldiers. My only son, a smoking gun, blue-eyed black chip on the firstborn day to end the ice And she gave birth to a lion cub. It's followed me for years now. I'm mean about the age, so I don't peek. I know it's chewing on my fingers while I sleep. I know it's stupid, but it keeps without a leash. And I've been trying to set it loose. It seems it's freedom stripping me. So I treat it like what it is. I lay these eggshells to remember to be careful. You can find a swarm where the spring is all back. You can find a warm spot and a cold snap. If we don't scratch when the heat just makes your hair stand tall. If it shakes you but you won't fall down. You can find a swarm where the sting is hold back. You can find a warm spot and a cold snap. If it don't scratch when the heat just makes your hair stand tall. If it shakes you but you won't fall. Justice can sleep for centuries to wake when it's least expected. I never seen miraculous deeds fall on those who expect them. Life ain't a dream, it's just a string of jokes all connected. There's something beautiful to me in the act of making your own death set. We're all the We just listened to the Astronautilus song called The Story of My Life. Yeah, that was one of his uh, collaborations with P.O.S. That's the, the final track of his uh, album Pomegranate, which is a phenomenal album if you haven't uh, heard it. It's almost entirely uh, historical fiction. There's a song about uh, the Opium Wars and his track Trouble Hunters. Uh, oh, yeah. Which we'll be playing. Which we'll be playing soon. later is um, about the Battle of Trenton. Um, it's if you uh, if you check out my article about um, 
about the album and my uh, interview with Astronalis, which is linked on nerdyshow.com, um, then you uh, then you you can read up on on all those the bizarre and fascinating um, work that he put into developing the tracks on his album Pomegranate. Um, but right now, who was crazy for Pomegranates? Was it was it? Uh, it was that Conan's little, little Phoenix. Yeah, right? it was his little baby Phoenix in the animated series. <laughs> in, the an, in the animated version of Conan, which was. Um, you know, a, a good good cartoon show, but a horrible representation it was, of Conan. It was like yeah. Pirates of Darkwater did yeah. pretty well. Yeah. yeah, let's make another one of those shows. Let's make another, and so you had like a, it was a little, you had a little Phoenix. I remember just, the Phoenix. I don't it, remember it being Conan. It, it, Conan, the mightiest warrior ever. His oh. quest to undo the spell of living stone cast upon his family. I remember by that. Serpentor or something. It is all <laughs> never snake cobra. Yeah. It didn't it didn't make a lot of sense. It didn't. So tell me things. Well, <laughs> so um, every as I mentioned before, everyone has has rammed the universal disappointment in the iPad into the ground. Oh yeah. Um, and uh, what what can we say that hasn't that hasn't really been said? Um, well, let's go over the basics real quick. It's it's four i iPod touches taped together. It'll cost four hundred ninety nine dollars. Mm-hmm. It, it for the for the, the limited version, it turns out that it is like a, a Kindle killer, or at least an attempted Kindle killer. Um, and uh, Mac is trying to put the stranglehold on on the book industry. Macmillan, that major publisher, Macmillan, they uh, they signed a sort of an agreement with Macintosh for um, book distribution uh, via the uh, the iPod. That then had Macmillan go to Amazon and say, "We're going to raise our prices from nine ninety nine a book to fourteen ninety nine a book only on your store." And Amazon said, "Uh uh-uh, uh, no way," and unfortunately, they just caved in uh, because Macmillan has such a stranglehold on the industry. Um, because uh, because it, it turns out the uh, book publishing industry is still dirty pool. Uh, a bunch of uh, guys in suits um, smoking tobacco in in their uh, fine oaken offices. Um, it, it's universities. Um, so, you know, I, I think that there's a lot of, I don't know. I'm, I'm not a, I don't like that Apple has such a monopoly on, on everything. And I'm fine, with, I'm fine with print being absorbed in the electronic medium uh, because it seems like it's, if I, if I am not fine with it, then I'm just a stuffy old man. But uh, the alternative of staring into a glaring white screen doesn't really appeal to me, uh, which is the difference between the Kindle and... Um, the iPad. The, the iPad. Of course, the Kindle isn't saintly either. Uh, 1984 came out on the Kindle, and uh, then it was taken away from everyone without compensation because the publisher said, well, Kindle lets you read aloud the text on there, so that makes it also kind of an audiobook, so we don't want to have sold that to anybody. Oh, my god! And then because the Kindle is constantly uh, con- uh, in- connected with the 3G network um, – just pulled it. It, it, just, it just disappeared. And then people were like, but I paid for that, and it was a huge deal. Wow. Um, so no one's no one's hands are clean in this, but it's all it's all kind of twisted and whatnot. And basically, the iPad is is it seems like it's it's unwieldy. People people are just going to be making like money left and right selling easels for the damn thing. Really, the, the worst part was Apple dot com slash iPad has their introductory video for it. Oh God! Where uh, a bunch of smug assholes continue to use the word magical to describe their electronics product. Magical. Is that anything like when uh, a Disney employee tells you to have a magical day? Which and it really, really means fuck you. It means fuck you. <laughs> so. uh, se- secret trick, guys. If they're not telling you to have a nice day, if they're telling you to have a magical day. They're saying you're being a fucking dick. 
So maybe you should stop being a fucking dick. Yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's full of contempt. Yeah. But, you know, the, the uh, iPod minis... Uh, sorry, the, the the iPad Minis, the the iPhone, uh, they they didn't. Uh, what, what I like ru- about the ru- iPad, my goddamn joke. The, the iPad Mini. What's great about the iPad Mini is that it has um, a microphone. Uh-huh. Um, it has a, a speaker, uh, and it can um, take pictures, take pictures, and videos, and videos, and do phone calls. Like I, I'm, I think I'm just gonna get an iPad Mini. I'm not really into that. The, sounds, that sounds. I'm not nice. really into the 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 iPod, the Maxi, the pad. Max iPod, the Max iPad? iPad, the Maxi Pad. Yeah, the Maxi Pad. <laughs> Now, of course, everyone trash talked the iPhone when it came out too, yeah. but I really and think the that, iPod. Uh, this I feel like this this unit particularly shows a distinct lack of innovation yeah. um, on Macintosh's part because it could easily have a camera in it, and it doesn't. And yes, it's probably to keep the price reasonable, but but you know, come on, yeah, um, camera isn't that. Much. I, I think I think everyone's bashing this thing, and I think everyone's going to have one in five years. Like that's just how I feel. Is that everyone? Everyone talks a lot of lot of talk now. Okay, and- so I mentioned once that Pixel Eight. I saw the prototype of the iPad back into uh, November, uh, fall of two thousand seven, and it was it was oh god, what is that? Three inches thick. It was like a cake pan. Yeah. Uh, however, the way Pixel Eight is talking about it now, Apple. One of the plans that Apple has is to make this a new way of gaming. I saw their video of a way of gaming. That's taking the screen, not the controller, and turning it like a wheel, much as you do with the iPhone. And I think that is completely unintuitive and stupid. Well, well you can get the keyboard. He's talking about a, a, like a lot of. He's, he's talking about more gaming than just that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't doubt you can do cool things with it, but I, I, it hasn't, it hasn't yet proven itself to be a valuable tool for artists because the, you have to buy like a specialized stylus. You can't really draw on the damn thing. No. Not like you should be able to. No. Um, it's it's kind of unwieldy actually. I hear it's light as hell, but that doesn't make mean holding it like a I don't I don't even like know like a clipboard. Like a, a like yeah, kind of like a clipboard, but if you turn it horizontal then I don't know like what no one holds anything like that. Um you can't actually like it it's talking about how great it is to watch movies on it, but in fact, it's just small enough that it can't actually show anything in full HD. That's stupid. <laughs> like that's it's just small enough. Just small so enough. So it was just a little bit bigger. Yeah. It, I feel like they're not really doing anything intuitive, whereas they're, they're, sm- they're smiling all smug to themselves in the video and being like, we did such a great thing. It's so innovative. It's so brilliant. It's so magical. And I'm like, well, you know, I'm not a big Microsoft supporter or anything, but uh, Project Natal, which recognizes you when you walk into a room and lets you play with the motions of your hands and flick through menus with gestures, sounds like it's the future. And what you've done is, is a blow-up of what was successful before. Yeah. How, now, how come it has four icons in the dock? Yeah, four icons in a massive dock with I mean, a ton of space it, in there. It, Anyone who's got an iPhone or an iPod Touch knows that the you know the dock is a is a little shortcut thing, and it's got four icons. It's an important hub. Yeah, it, chances it, are you've cracked it, so you can have more than four. Yeah, you've got four or five, maybe you know more in there. But uh, this th- one could fit twelve. This could fit twelve, and there's like an inch between these 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 four icons. Like that looks like garbage. <laughs> and look at that, we've. Pissed away this segment time, <laughs> talking about the iPad. We weren't gonna do it. We we did it anyway. We did it anyways. <laughs> we, okay. I can't. I can't wait till uh, some thirteen-year-old girls send me some blood um, via their iPad. <laughs> that was that was weird. That was a weird place you took me to. <laughs> well, because see, that's when they experience um, their periods uh-huh. around that age, yeah, and then you need right. a tampon, uh-huh. yeah, and then uh-huh. you say uh-huh. sent right. via no, iPad. I got. I got. 
I got it. All right, cool. Well, can it send anything? Yeah. Oh, it does connect to the internet, doesn't it? Yeah, it's yeah, got Wi-Fi. True. Yeah. But you better hope you have Wi-Fi because it doesn't have 3GS or 3G or Edge or anything. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. What's up, Hex? Well, what we have next is, once again, Astronautilus with Trouble Hunters. You guys are going to love this song. I got a video I made for it. I haven't edited it. I made it. About half a year ago. I'm going to put it up someday. I want to see it.
let's pick a fight. We hunt for trouble tonight. I know it's hopeless, hell ain't big enough to hold us back. Come on, boys, we're right. We hunt for trouble tonight. Tonight, tonight. Tonight, tonight, tonight. Tonight, tonight, tonight. You know we're This is Pixel Hate, and you're listening to The Nerdy Show. What we just heard was, of course, Troubleheaders by Astronautilus, followed by Pixel Hate saying, we're Nerdy Show! Yeah. Actually, I shouldn't have been tooting my own horn for the video that I, that I cobbled together that hasn't even been completed yet. It's not a real music video, it's just a fun little thing I did. Yeah, Andy's got a music video. Andy-O has, yeah. has a music video. Even it's I awesome. That. It's about some vampires. Friends. It's about, yeah, it's, it's about vampires. It's actually the concept of, well, Prince did that bat dance video, and it's one of those videos from a movie where... Um, where you have clips from the movie in it, and then meantime, there's kind of like you kind of dancing at the screen, right? Yeah. So um, he and his friends made this this movie called Killer Commandos 5, yeah. um, which you can watch the entire short film of, but then there's also the Trouble Hunter video, which features uh, clips from it. We'll uh, get some links on nerdyshow.com for you. Um, on with, the links. It's, yeah, in the links section, where the links live. The, you know, the, the, the cats. Okay. L-I-N-X. What? Oh. <laughs> Well, okay. yeah, the cats, the cats, right? Yeah, I when when sometimes sometimes you're messing around with the frozen flame uh-huh. and your body gets swapped into a supervillain's body. Yes, and then uh, time and space are fuck sword. Chrono Cross, <laughs> deal with it. <laughs> so, if you are a Metalocalypse fan, if you love Death Clock, and you are extremely wealthy, <laughs> have I got a deal for you? Uh, I saw this. <laughs> Yeah, you can buy a full-size working replica of Death Clock's blood-spewing fountain for $40,000. Uh, shipping and blood not included. Uh, yes, this is real. This is completely real. Through Adult Swim Store, which has recently been selling fine products such as expensive um, uh, clothing and uh, Venture Brothers logo cufflinks and stuff like that, um, which is within the realm of possibility for purchasing, Right. you can... Spend forty thousand dollars, not including shipping, on a marble fountain, approximately five and a half feet high, with an eight foot wide basin. Um, that's in diameter. Uh, it, it, this is a real fountain. It actually squirts whatever liquid you choose, you know, out from it. If you get blood, well, go you. Squirt blood. Yeah. Uh, it takes eight and eight to twelve weeks to produce. It's made on a on a made to order basis. It no. only ships to North America and the Caribbean. It requires a thirteen thousand dollar security deposit and it's non refundable. Yeah, that's to keep the jokers away. Yeah. And people people who just want to clown su- around. The meta criminals. Yeah, the the, the super meta criminals who, who have inflict themselves with Joker serum in the future. It's so weird that it's like available in the US and the Caribbean. Yeah, it's weird that they would ship to the Caribbean. 
<laughs> and not anywhere else overseas because the Caribbean still got across some water with marble. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's coming from the Caribbean. That's probably why. <laughs> but yeah, we can ship to the Caribbean. Sure, why not? Maybe someone's got drug dealers who like metal eclipse have money. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Yeah, why not? Why not? Why the hell not? Uh, speaking of Joker, um, uh, Batman-related things, I really loved the last uh, last week's issue of Batman and Robin. Oh, that was so good. It was, like, I guess the kicker for um, Batman coming back from the dead. Or something. Or something. Uh, but it was it was really fabulous. Uh, and I would – I love all the, the Knight and Squire weird DC Great Britain strangeness that Grant Morrison comes just, up he with. Just, he's like, yeah, he's like – England's got super criminals. Like here, here's a list of them, and then you're like, "Oh, I want to read that story," but no one would buy it because it doesn't have Batman in it. Yeah. Oh well. <laughs> Sad. Also, something that I loved from last week and just finished reading was Aphrodisiac, the oh, yeah. uh, the little mini graphic novel from the guys who brought you Street Angel. Uh, it's a it's a it's a mama jamma with a big afro whose sex appeal is unquenchable. It's true. <laughs> all the ladies love him, particularly white ladies. I don't think he's with a black lady in the entire book. <laughs> yeah. It's all white bitches. He turns – They call him daddy. In the first issue – issue in quotes, he, he turns uh, uh, some lesbians holding him hostage heterosexual <laughs> because he's just – he's got that – he's got that power over them. So – And each, each issue within this graphic novel – issue has in air quotes, guys um, – uh, there's a different origin for him. Yeah. Like, where sometimes he's a white guy that got a chemical on him and he turned into a black dude. Yeah, sometimes he's a, he's a little little black child who watched a, uh, watched a, like, pimp's car, but the pimp turned out to be the devil. Or he's a, it was a janitor in one of them. And he got a magic pimp cane. And yeah, and it turned him into... Aphrodisiac. Into aphrodisiac. Oh, my gosh. But that's what came out last week. Let's, uh, t- let's talk about what comes out this week. Yay, this week. Um, we got Siege 2, right? Yeah, Siege 2 comes yes. out. Uh Cap and I have already read it. Yeah. And Jerks. It was fucking... A little thing called retailer. Yeah. Yeah. It's insane. It, what happens is, is is crazy. Major death. That's all I'm saying. Hey. Yeah. Look, guys. Bendis is doing something special for you. He's making a fast-paced action story. Yeah. He's not fucking around. You guys have been complaining about how his books are just full of words. He's giving you action. Yeah. He is killing somebody in this issue, and it, it's insane. And this this is an event that's only four issues long. This isn't this isn't like um, like Blackest Night, which is eight issues long and skipping a month. Like this is this is four issues long, not skipping a month. Sure, during these four months, there's going to be a shit ton of tie-ins, but you don't always have to buy the tie-ins. But uh, yeah, you got to check out Siege too. It, it is going to be ridiculous it's for real real not yeah. for play play not, not for play play we got um on the blackest night front we got wonder woman 3 coming out yes which is going to be really cool um i don't know who's reading blackest night wonder woman but it's been awesome me uh yeah. she was a, it's bla- a good book she was a, i'm gonna just i'm gonna lay it all out there spoilers i don't give a damn she was a black lantern in the first issue no she, no 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 she was wandering around in the no in the first issue in the first issue she was wandering in the memorial ran into max lord the second oh, yeah. issue. The second issue. She, was, she started off. Okay, as so a, she so she's alive in the first issue. Right. Black Lantern in the second issue. Well, she starts off as a black turns Lantern. to a star sapphire at the end of the issue. So this one we're gonna see. The her. whole book takes place in like the gutters between the most recent issues of Blackest Night. Yeah. Like it just in between panels. Like it's where this book takes yeah. place. and yeah. it's it's phenomenal. It's, it's amazing. So, it's gonna be it's gonna be really good. And that's written by Greg Rucka. And Greg Rucka is giving us another treat, which is one of those titles, um, Risen from the Dead, which is uh, issue 37 of Question. Woo! 
Yeah, so we're gonna, I love Question and Batwoman. So yeah, we're gonna see we're gonna see the uh, Vic Vic Sage back from the dead as a Black Lantern, and he's facing off against the the current uh, Black Lantern, who's a Hispanic lesbian, uh, Renee Montoya. Oh, I see what you did there. You said face off, and it's the question. Yeah, he has no face. His faces, their faces are off. Uh-huh. Yeah, so. Ha 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 ha! But yeah, so that that's gonna be that's gonna be quite exciting. Um, other siege book we have a <laughs> siege embedded coming out. Um, Which, if you didn't hear me rant about it before, it, it's fucking phenomenal. It's fucking great. If you're not reading it in addition to siege, well, I don't read know. it. <laughs> yeah, you like, want to know what else? It's it's what's happening outside the battle. Yeah, you're you're gonna want this if you're like. If you're if you're one of the people who cries that Bendis doesn't have enough action, but now you're crying that Bendis has too much action, then why don't you just like read Brian Reed's Siege Embedded, and then you'll get all the uh, the characterization that you need, um, and that's that's fucking awesome. Um, Invincible Iron Man is keeping up its its pace with its awesome uh, disassembled storyline, and uh, it, it's just it's good. Ghost is trying to assassinate him while he's in a coma. That's one of the uh, the, the new Thunderbolts. Thunderbolts. Yeah. He's really creepy, and yeah. I know one else what his deal is right now. Old Iron Man villain. So, oh, really? Yeah. I didn't even. I thought he was new. Nah, he's an old Iron Man villain. So mm. it's it's uh, it's personal. Yeah, exactly. That's cool. I love. I've been loving Iron Man uh, for for ages now. Ever since the, the Knopf guys were writing him terrifically, yeah. and then oh, yeah. Fraction came on. All I mean, the Ellis stuff was great. Then the Knopf guys stuff was great. Then Fraction picks up, keeps going, and it's just it's, been. It's like it's every people complain about like uh, social and political intrigue books having no action or anything. Like people have complained about Checkmate, which is a really great book. Uh, but this this throws any complaint that you could possibly have out the window. It's got such such great writing, such a fast pace. Yeah. Um, check out Iron Man. It, it, it's really good. Now there's a book coming out that I'm not at all looking forward to. Um, oh, do tell. It's a it's a it's called Ultimate Comics X. Ultimate X. It is. I've uh, I've had, the... but it's ultimate, and it's X. It totally feels like it's like that's like injecting MT and do into your dick vein. It's um. I wish it. I wish it was a throwback to the '90s because the displeasure I had with, while reading this was intense. Um, it's got Art Adams on art, and his art looks great. It it looks really good, but um, it's got Jeff. Loeb. I mean, his name's Art Adams. Come it's, on, it's got Jeff Loeb writing it, and we all know I don't like Jeff Loeb unless he's with Tim Sale. So, like. It's like, holy shit, Jeff Loeb, just sucking per usual. But the worst part about this, and, and I've read this, I've read it from cover to cover, is that it is Twilight. It is Twilight if Twilight was set in Florida with mutants. So it, it, is, it is absolutely horrible. It is Wolverine's son is basically Edward Cullen of Twilight, the, the sparkly vampire, you know, the tortured pretty boy and uh it it was um diarrhea now i have a theory where jeff Loeb came up with the inspiration for doing twilight with mutants is that stephanie meyer said her biggest inspiration for twilight was x-men okay really yeah she said like the the mutants um also that, that dream she had about sparkly vampires yeah, also <laughs> that but like adolescent mutants is where she got the idea for adolescent vampires so they just like Jeff Loeb heard that and said dar da dar 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 and just said my inspiration is Twilight then and just and just flipped it and it is it is um, remix yeah remix <laughs> it was fucking terrible um so yeah flip through it look how good the art is and then put it back on the shelf and don't buy it 
Um, or if you're looking for that extra special wipe, <laughs> yeah. spend $4, four whole dollars for a very expensive 30-page butt-wiping phenomenon. But then there's some, there's some good stuff coming out. On the indie front, we've got um, one of my favorite comic books, Demo, um, by Brian Wood, is having a well, what? volume two, issue one. Really? Come out. Yes, absolutely. Whoa. It is going to um, – he's moved – Brian Wood has, and Becky Cloonan have moved their project to Vertigo so they can keep printing it. Uh-huh. And there will be a new graphic novel of volume one being printed through Vertigo. And this is volume two of Demo. And I am I am absolutely excited. Demo is one of my favorite series. It was um, it was how I met Aaron of a comic shop. Was I went into a store one time and he just kind of like looked me up and down and knew I I read good shit or maybe I read you know sappy emotional stuff. But it, it's not sappy or emotional. It's just really really powerful. And he said, "Here, read this. You look like you'd like this." And I flipped through it and I bought it on the spot. Demo's Demo's a fun book. Every single issue is different and uh, one and done stories. And sometimes they don't apply themselves to real-world logic, so you don't really ever know what you're going to get. Yeah, it, it, they're really good, really emotionally charged. Like, it's awesome. Um, the, we, we're all playing Mass Effect. The second issue of the Mass Effect comic is coming out. And um, from my friends who have read the comic, they have said it is poorly written. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but you, you do get some, some key stuff, some plot stuff that happens between the games. I hear... It connects with you a lot better. Um, uh, for example, John, our our, uh, our tech news guy, he read it after having started to play the second game, and after having played in full the uh, iPhone uh, game that's a that's a preview to this. So he already knew who some of the characters were, so he could connect with things. And uh, he said that it 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 was considerably. He had a different reaction from from uh, our other friends, like immediate not liking it. He right. he uh, he kind of. Kind of got into it. Gelled it a little bit more. It a little more. Gotcha. Um, is, it, is it well written? I don't know. I haven't read it yet. I, yeah. I would, but I... I um, I'm kind of waiting. Yeah. kind of waiting to experience everything. I got to play the game more. That's that's my priority right here. Yeah, seriously. Um, we got the uh, couple graphic novels of note coming out. Um, Fables, Volume 13, The Great Fables Crossover, which is where Jack and Bigby have to team up to fight the creators of the Fable universe. <laughs> and we have um, Deadpool, Volume 3, um, which gets you caught up to the current issues um, of Deadpool. And the reason it gets you caught up to the current issues of Deadpool is because Deadpool, the, um, the next issue has been postponed um, until some copyright issues can get sorted out. What? Because of the Daniel Way creation, Hitman Monkey. For some reason, and this is some sort of English copyright, it's not even in the United States, some sort of um, English copyright on Hitman. Um, like maybe the game franchise or the movie franchise or something isn't allowing it the Marvel comic to come out there. What? Jeez, so, that's like that whole Blue Beetle fuck around. Yeah, exactly with with um, um, Charlton and all that. So yeah, we'll we'll see when we get another issue of Deadpool. I mean, I'm really looking forward to Hit Monkey. Yeah, like like and that's what he's going to be called now is Hit Monkey. Is is their way around this? But I think the issues were already printed, already lettered, and they've had to pulp them. To, to, to get around this. Oh, wow. So, so, yeah, I just wanted to drop that little tidbit of information while I had some time. But but that's it for comic book news, people. Can't wait for a Deadpool issue whenever it comes out. 
Uh, in the meantime, you got, uh, you know, all the other Deadpool titles. Yeah. What are you crying about? Yeah. Well, the best one isn't coming out for a while, but it'll be out <laughs> sooner or later. Yeah. And you get Hitmonkey spinoffs. That's happening, by yeah, the way. Yeah, there the, will be a... Hitmonkey hit- is not just a funny character name that we've simply mentioned to you just now. It is a it is a full spinoff character. Yeah, Daniel Way is... is, is he wants to get royalty checks the same way um, Liefeld is get royalty checks for Deadpool. So, yeah. <laughs> Hitmonkey, here we come. Can't wait for the Hitmonkey Howard the Duck team up. You know, oh my gosh! Really? I, I want Hit Monkey and Gorilla Man to team up. I, I just man, and and all those all those great Marvel apes. Yeah, which is a which is a great book if you haven't read it. Marvel apes, check it out. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's it. That's all I want to talk about. That's all we got. To this talk has been about. Tetris Rap Attack, the first in Rap many Attack. rare game remix contests. Um, the next contest, it's no, gonna it's... be a, it's it's gonna be a month long, like before. We're not gonna say what it is yet, but it's coming. So watch your ass. Or I'll watch it for you. Oh, thank you for listening, folks. Uh, to sign us out, we got an interesting track. Uh, Crime Star 1 of the Nerdcore hip-hop community sent me a track, but for some reason I could not receive it, and I still apologize intensely this for that. This sent him for the contest. So instead, what we're gonna, I'm still going to play the track so you all can hear it. This is his uh, Water Level remix. And it's a great track. Joy, folks. Thanks for listening. Peace.
Hello, Zubles. I'm Mayor Ben. I'm here to lend a helping hand as Mayor of Zubily Zoo. I'd like to thank you for listening to this week's episode of Nerdy Show. It's what every good Zubel likes to listen to. Also, we like to have sex with quadrupedal animals. That's Zubily Zoo! Nerdy Show is brought to you by a comic shop, Nerdapalooza, and the Oviedo branch of Play and Trade. Also, Builder Beaver, he built things on demand. <laughs> if you have any questions, comments, or complaints, feel free to send them to info at nerdyshow.com. And listen to more episodes of Nerdy Show at nerdyshow.com. And you can subscribe to Nerdy Show by searching Nerdy Show on iTunes. Don't forget to follow Nerdy Show on Twitter, Zoobles. Have a Zoobalrific day. I'm going to mate with a zebra. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.